Chapter Three: The Ordeal of Richard Feverel. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Rita Boutros. The Ordeal of Richard Feverel by George Meredith. Chapter Three. Among boys, there are laws of honor and chivalrous codes not written or formally taught, but intuitively understood by all, and invariably acted upon by the loyal and the true. The race is not nearly civilized, we must remember. Thus, not to follow your leader whithsoever he may think proper to lead, to back out of an expedition because the end of it frowns dubious, and the present fruit of it is discomfort, to quit a comrade on the road and return home without him, these are tricks which no boy of spirit would be guilty of. Let him come to any description of mortal grief in consequence. Better so than have his own conscience denouncing him sneak. Some boys who behave boldly enough are not troubled by this conscience, and the eyes and the lips of their fellows have to supply the deficiency. They do it with just as haunting and even more horrible pertinacity than the inner voice and the result, if the probation be not very severe and searching, is the same. The leader can rely on the faithfulness of his host. The comrade is sworn to serve. Master Ripton Thompson was naturally loyal. The idea of turning off and forsaking his friend never once crossed his mind, though his condition was desperate, and his friend's behavior that of a bedlamite. He announced several times impatiently that they would be too late for dinner. His friend did not budge. Dinner seemed nothing to him. There he lay, plucking grass and patting the old dog's nose, as if incapable of conceiving what a thing hunger was. Ripton took half a dozen turns up and down, and at last flung himself down beside the taciturn boy accepting his fate. Now, the chance that works for certain purposes sent a smart shower from the sinking sun, and the wet sent two strangers for shelter in the lane behind the hedge where the boys reclined. One was a traveling tinker who lit a pipe and spread a tawny umbrella. The other was a burly young countryman, pipeless and tentless. They saluted with a nod and began recounting for each other's benefit the day-long doings of the weather, as it had affected their individual experience and followed their prophecies. Both had anticipated and foretold a bit of rain before night, and therefore both welcomed the wet with satisfaction. A monotonous between-whiles kind of talk they kept droning, in harmony with the still hum of the air. From the weather theme they fell upon the blessings of tobacco, how it was the poor man's friend, his company, his consolation, his comfort, his refuge at night, his first thought in the morning. Better than a wife, chuckled the tinker, no curtain lecturin' with a pipe, your pipe ain't a shrew. That be it, the other chimed in, your pipe don't make ye out with all the cash Saturday evening. Take one, said the tinker, in the enthusiasm of the moment, handing a grimy short clay. Speed the plough filled from the tinker's pouch, and continued his praises. Penny a day, and there ye are primed, better than a wife, ha-ha! And you can get rid of it, if ye wants for to, and when ye wants, added tinker. So ye can, speed the plough took him up, 
and ye don't want for to leastways t'other case i means pipe and continued tinker comprehending him perfectly it don't bring repentance after it not know how master it don't and speed the plough cocked his eye it don't eat up half the victuals your pipe don't here the honest yeoman gesticulated his keen sense of a clincher which the tinker acknowledged and having so to speak sealed up the subject by saying the best thing that could be said the two smoked for some time in silence to the drip and patter of the shower ripton solaced his wretchedness by watching them through the briar hedge he saw the tinker stroking a white cat and appealing to her every now and then as his missus for an opinion or a confirmation and he thought that a curious sight speed the plough was stretched at full length with his boots in the rain and his head amidst the tinker's pots smoking profoundly contemplative the minutes seemed to be taken up alternately by the grey puffs from their mouths it was the tinker who renewed the colloquy said he times is bad his companion assented surely but it somehow comes round right resumed the tinker why look here where's the good o mopin i see it all come round right and tight now i travels about i've got my beat occasion calls me t'other day to newcastle eh coals ejaculated speed the plough sonorously coals echoed the tinker you ask what i goes there for mayhap never you mind one sees a mortal life in my trade not for coals it isn't and i don't carry em there neither anyhow i comes back london's my mark says i i'll see a bit of the sea and steps aboard a collier we were as nigh wrecked as the prophet paul uh who's him the other wished to know read your bible said the tinker we pitched and tossed taint that game at sea tis on land i can tell ye i thinks down we're a-goin say your prayers bob tiles that was a night to be sure but god's above the devil and here i am ye see speed the plough lurched round on his elbow and regarded him indifferently do you call that doctrine he bean't all a's or i shouldn't be scrapin my heels with nothing to do and what's worse nothing to eat why look here luck's luck and bad luck's the contrary varmer bollop t'other day has his rick burnt down next night his granary's burnt what do he take and go and do he takes and goes and hangs himself and turns us out of his employ god warrant above the devil then i thinks or i can't make out the reckoning the tinker cleared his throat and said it was a bad case and a darned bad case i'll take my oath on it cried speed the plough well look here here's another darned bad case i threshed for varmer blaze blaze a belthar before as i goes to farmer bollop varmer blaze mrs pilkins he swears our chap steal pilkins twarn't me steals em what do he take and go and do he takes and turns us off me and another neck and crop to scuffle about and starve for all he cares god warrant above the devil then i think not know how as i can see the tinker shook his head and said that was a bad case also and you can't mend it added speed the plough it's bad and there'd be but i'll tell you what master bad wants payin for he nodded and winked mysteriously bad has its wages as well as honest work i'm thinkin varmer bollop i don't owe no grudge to farmer blaze i do and i should like to stick a lucifer in his rick some dry windy night speed the plough screwed up an eye villainously 
he wants hitting in the wind just where the pocket is master do varmer blaze and he'll cry out oh lord varmer blaze will you won't get the better of varmer blaze by no means as it makes out if ye don't hit into him just there the tinker sent a rapid succession of white clads from his mouth and said that would be taking the devil's side of a bad case speed the plough observed energetically that if farmer blaze was on the other he should be on that side there was a young gentleman close by who thought with him the hope of raynham had lent a careless half-compelled attention to the foregoing dialogue wherein a common labourer and a travelling tinker had propounded and discussed one of the most ancient theories of transmundane dominion and influence on mundane affairs he now started to his feet and came tearing through the briar hedge calling out for one of them to direct them the nearest road to bursley the tinker was kindling preparations for his tea under the tawny umbrella a loaf was set forth on which rapton's eyes stuck in the hedge fastened ravenously speed the plough volunteered information that bursley was a good three mile from where they stood and a good eight mile from lowburn i'll give you half a crown for that loaf my good fellow said richard to the tinker it's a bargain quoth the tinker eh missus his cat replied by humping her back at the dog the half-crown was tossed down and ripton who had just succeeded in freeing his limbs from the briar prickly as a hedgehog collared the loaf those young squires be sharp set and no mistake said the tinker to his companion come we'll to bursley after em and talk it out over a pot of beer speed the plough was nothing loath and in a short time they were following the two lads on the road to bursley while a horizontal blaze shot across the autumn and from the western edge of the rain cloud End of chapter three